Well, good evening, listeners. You're listening to the Young Adult Cafe. This is Laura Mo. Uh, my guest today is Aaron Tashman, and let me play my music, and then we will get this show underway. <laughs> Good good evening, Erin. How are you today? I'm great, Laura. How are you? I'm great. Um, today there's a couple things to celebrate. It's National Punctuation Day, which is perfect for writers, and it's also <laughs> Band Book Week. So, you know, most writers these days hope to have their, their book banned at some point because it really does help book sales. It, it absolutely does. That actually just came up at a panel I was at at the uh, Boston Teen Author Festival this weekend, how um, one author was saying her books have come close and she's really hoping for a ban. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, what you, it's what you ask for, you know, because um, you know, that's probably helped John Green's career because I think um, usually if a, a book wins a print award, it's definitely going to be banned because – Prince of <laughs> books are edgy. So Yeah. Yep. And so Yeah, it's like we have to figure out the formula. Like, do I need more swear words in order to get it banned? How do I get this book out, you know, <laughs> pulled from the page pulled from the shelves and protested. So Yes. Um, yeah, when you tell someone not to read it, it sure makes it very that's interesting. Right. <laughs> that's right. I think it's a, I think it's our nature as humans. To do what is forbidden, you know, your your mom says, no, you can't go. Well, of course you're going to sneak out the window, you know, climb up the window yeah. and your to go to some concert exactly. or something and then, and then get in trouble or, you know, get arrested on the way. You know, it's just in our nature, you know, especially. It, exactly. And, exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. And I have well, friends who they kept calling. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, my friends, her books was. They, people kept saying it was an important book you should read, and she was cringing because she said the best way to make someone not want to read a book oh. <laughs> is to call it an important book. Oh, no. It sounds so boring. Yeah, you almost yeah, make it sound too literary. Yeah, you need to say it's an edgy book. Yeah. It'll be a book that'll be ripped from your hands. So. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, um, this is uh, your new book. It's called Uncharted. This is your second book, and um, and and the cover here. Well, the way this will get people to read it. Every page simmers with danger, magic, myth, and romance. Um, so that's a really good blurb on your book. I'll so say. That's, yeah. That's yeah. right on the cover. I got so that. You know. Yeah, because that's kind of what why we read anyway. We we like a little danger. We like a little, you know, romance and magic. So um, so give us the elevator pitch of Uncharted. 
I am actually, first I just wanted to say that was my friend Sarah Glenn Marsh who gave me that blurb. <laughs> so I'm very grateful to her for reading uh, the book because I love seeing it on the cover. Every every time I look at the cover, I'm looking at it right now and it makes me so happy. And uh, But my I can give you an elevator pitch only because uh, 10 days ago I was at an, another friend's book event and someone asked me what my two minutes. So um, I worked on it with my lovely editor, Ashley, who told me, help me get an elevator pitch. So I've got a good one. I'm ready. It's a mm-hmm. fantasy mystery blend about a 17-year-old girl whose search for her missing father exposes her to an ancient secret that some would die to protect while others would kill to expose. Ooh, that's really good. So I memorized it. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I, I think ha- – Pitching a novel is one of the hardest things to do because, you know, you write this 300-page novel and somebody says, okay, you've got 60 seconds to tell me what this is about. You know, so you're taking, you know, 80,000, 90,000 words and you're condensing it down to about 200. You know, basically you're you're tweeting about, you know, what's what's at the core of your book. And I think that's hard for a lot of writers. So, um, I don't know, have you ever done a... Have you ever done a pitch session where you were at a conference and you had to to pitch the book to somebody? No, I am I am terrible at all those kind of events. I'm a, I I often sign up for conferences. I used to sign up for conferences, and then you know anything like that I would chicken out for. So I would be the person who sort of sat in the back and tried to take it all in, and um, would would definitely chicken out a lot so no I never did I would have fumbled over my words <laughs> well it's, it's for pitching your book circle of hell so I've I've done yeah. it before I did it once at okay. a big conference and I thought I'll never do it again it was awful yeah yeah because you, you do it you sounds awful it. <clears throat> yeah it's we we were in this ginormous ballroom I mean it was like two ballrooms combined and all of the editors and agents are lined up and you they're kind of at a at like just a oh there's like twenty of them, and you're standing in line. You have you have made your choices ahead of time, but you have to stand in line in order to get your three minutes with these people. And um, so there's people are standing there, kind of memorizing their pitches, and it's almost like like going to an auction where everybody's mumbling their pitches. And then oh. then by the time you get up to the seat to see the person, the person is exhausted. They've heard a million things, and they're just looking at you like, "Okay, what's your book about?" And it's just awful. <laughs> it sounds awful. It sounds awful. It's horrible. And if if my yeah, it sounds it. And unless yeah. you can say it's X meet Y, you know, in mine, how I write, I usually write with a few different genres sort of combined. It's I really can't say it's X meet Y. It's usually a bunch mm-hmm. of things. So it 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 too hard to, to try to, like you say, con- condense it down. So thankfully, Ashley wrote that for me so I could remember. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yours is not, I mean, it's not straight contemporary. It's got, I, I don't know if you would call it fantasy or magical realism, but it's, I mean, it's largely contemporary, but there is that element of fantasy. So it's, but yeah. it's not a fantasy. So it. And yeah. it's got the the mystery element. So, yeah, it is sort of like yeah. a cross genre. Yeah, yeah, which is what I like to do, which makes it 
a little bit harder. <laughs> now, when you were pitching this book to your editor, what what comps comp books did you did you use to try to explain it? You know, try to sell this this idea. Um, I think I I'm trying to think what I did. I know what Ashley compares it to um, Passenger and okay. uh, the Raven Cycle. So she will by um. She will say it's you know that that's how she um, will pitch it. I don't think I because I submitted on my own to Page Street at the time. I did not have an agent. Oh, okay. So um, yeah. So actually, both my mm-hmm. two published books. I've had agents, but I I end up selling both of my two published books um, on my own, submitting them on my own. Um, but I didn't. I don't think I had to do a comp, and I think in my query letter, I didn't. Um, okay. Because it's I, you know, I wasn't exactly sure. Again, like how to how to peg it, you know, because it's got the mystery, right. it's got the, the magical realism or fantasy. Um, but I think I passenger is a good um, a good comp for it. I if I had thought of it, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> but mm-hmm. I didn't, and also that's such a wonderful book um, that I, you know, I if it feels, in, you know, I love Alexander Brack, and I think the book is wonderful. So it feels also to to comp it to it to feels like I'm uh, bragging or something like that. So I didn't feel comfortable saying that, but I'll let Ashley say it. So oh, okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it sounds like you know you've got somebody in your court, so. Yeah. Absolutely. I have a, you know, their Page Street's been wonderful, and um, the distribution for Macmillan is is great. It's been, um, and Ashley's a really wonderful editor. She's got a great editorial eye. She's very supportive. So it's been uh, a really lovely experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've interviewed several Page Street authors, and, and they're fairly new. Um, I think they're a fairly new subdivision, but... Uh, they also seem to be very aggressive because I've had a lot of contact with uh, uh, Page Street, you know, with sending arcs to me and um, setting up interviews. So, I don't know, maybe I'll submit yeah. to them next. So, because I don't, I still don't yeah. have an agent. It's, you know, yeah it's, yeah, it's like a shot in the dark trying to find one. <laughs> It's it's hard. Everybody says, you know, the, the just the perseverance, but it 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 really is so true. And I think, um, and like I said, I just submitted to Ashley, and the, she pulled it out of the slush pile. And I was the, I'm the her first book she edited um, was mine. So I I got incredibly incredibly lucky because she is an amazing editor. And then with um, you know, I have a wonderful agent now, but it took me a, a long time to get there. And I think it's it's. I felt like I was never going to have an agent who really believed in my work and was a good fit for me. So I, I'm very, you know, uh, happy now to have um, Claire Anderson Wheeler represent me. But you got to just stick it out. It really is perseverance. Just at the Boston Teen Author Festival, you know, you hear all the different stories. Mm-hmm. And what what you think happens is that somebody, you know, writes maybe their first or second book and then they go, you know, they're in pitch wars or they're in, you know, some contest and they get in a wonderful age and they get a wonderful book deal, but that's so, so, so unusual. It's, yeah. it's a very unusual story. So um, keep at it. You will get an agent. Yeah. 
I've, I've, you know, I've had agents who they said they, you know, they like my writing, but they're not interested in my current project. You know, it's like, well, I can't get behind the book, but you're a good writer. <laughs> so I guess it's a good, yeah. a good rejection. I don't know. It so. is. Claire rejected. Yeah. Um, Claire rejected three previous books I've sent to her. <laughs> okay. But each, yeah. <laughs> I think the first one was a pass, and the second one had editorial feedback, and the third one had a lot of editorial feedback. So by the time I um, sent her the latest book I'm working on, she had, um, you know, she knew who I was and I Mm -hmm. knew she was a really good agent with a great editorial eye. So that's a really good rejection. And that's someone you can go back to. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, my latest, excellent, excellent feedback. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try to pitch this, you know, this manuscript somewhere else, but yeah, yeah, or go but, back uh, to her after you revise. Oh it. yeah, you yeah, know, go back. Yeah, I don't absolutely. Feel like she closed the door on me. So. Yeah, but now you are a contributor to it's Adventures in YA Publishing, which is a very popular website for um, YA writers, and it's uh, it's been a three time Writers Digest 101 best websites. In fact, I've used the website. Um, yeah, it's a great website. Like, you know, it's it's a very comprehensive website. And, yeah, um, yeah, it was started then, by Martina Boone, and it's okay. wonderful. Yeah, it's been around. It's been around a while. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Martina's a total in, powerhouse. Okay, how did you get I involved? I got involved. Um, she, she was looking for mentors for the first five pages workshop, and she and I were both in an online group called the Enchanted Ink Pot, which was a wonderful mm-hmm. group of um, YA and middle grade fantasy authors. Um, Jen, mm-hmm. Jennifer Nielsen was in it, and um, gosh, so many really wonderful authors that I um, banded years ago, but right before it disbanded, um, she, Martina was looking for a few more people to mentor in the first five pages writing workshop, and I believe Ron Smith, who um, is a wonderful middle grade writer, he and I both said we would do it. And as we were working on the workshop, um, Martina then asked me if I would run it. So I run the first five pages um, writing workshop, which is a free workshop for uh, people who write middle grade or YA. And it's... um, and we have a lot of pitch wars mentor, mentors as well, Brenda Drake and Heather Cashman mm-hmm. and um, Melanie Conklin. We have a we have I think what Rachel Kane just became a mentor. We have about twenty five um, just fabulous um, mentors, really wonderful. Sarah Glenn Marsh, Lisa Maxwell. I could go on and on. Just fabulous mentors and people. It's first come first serve. So it opens the first Saturday of most months. We have one coming up in October 1st. And we, for three weeks, people submit their five pages. They're assigned two mentors, of us permanent mentors, and then one um, guest author mentor who's featured that month. And they revise those first five pages for three weeks um, to really to get them in good shape. And then in the mm-hmm. last week, they can submit like a query letter with their revision and a guest agent comes in and reads all five 
uh, query letters and five pages and critiques them and picks a workshop winner. And, and they have to read a partial, but often they ask for the, a full manuscript. And uh, Gloria Chow, who was just at the Boston Teen Author Festival, sitting right next to me, which was lovely, um, because she's Chow and I'm Cashman. She was through our workshop. She's a workshop success story. She wrote American Panda, which is wonderful. And um, Beth Turley, who's one of our mentors now, her middle grade, if this were a story, just came out. And Lori Goldstein, who wrote the Becoming Gin books, um, she was a workshop success story. So it's it's a great resource that's free and um, available to all levels. And sorry, well, I just went on and on and on. <laughs> no, I, because I was going to ask you to talk about, you know, the, the first five pages workshop because, you know, those first five pages are critical. That's generally what an agent or editor will read before they decide whether or not they want to even look at the rest of the manuscript because if you haven't exactly. taught them in the first five pages, you know, they're just going to go, yeah, yeah, you know. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Or I don't know what this is about. I don't know who the main character is. I don't know what's at stake. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, exactly. You know, one of the one of the most enlightening workshops I went to was was called a first pages workshop, where the workshop leader he, we all had to submit our first page anonymously, and he projected them on the screen. And as soon as he put, you know, he just he talked a little bit before he did it. Talked for about twenty minutes, and then as soon as he started putting them up, like when I I saw mine, I was just like. I realized I'd done everything you shouldn't do on a first page. <laughs> I, I didn't even have the character. I think I had the character's name, but we didn't know, and we knew he was in a library, but we didn't know anything else about him or what was going on. He was just, it was just like, yeah, there's, we don't know, we don't know even what kind of story this is. So, yeah, so it was, um, yeah. it was kind of humbling and enlightening at the same time. Yeah, and um, they are the hardest. Oh, yeah. And I actually used to do that kind of similar exercise with my students when I was teaching high school. I would have them, I would project sentences or paragraphs, like the first paragraph of an essay, and I would do it anonymously, but the kids always ratted themselves out. Hey, that's mine. (laughs) 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 They They loved it when I would do that because when they saw, like on the big screen, it's funny how you, when you look at something in a different perspective, it's like you don't see it when it's on the page or it's in small print, but when you see it projected, you know, like from the back of the room, you're like, oh, <laughs> that's a pretty yeah. bad sentence or that's a bad paragraph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or reading it out so, loud, too. You, yeah. you pick up so yeah. much when you read it out loud, Yeah. Well, another thing I've um, I've been in workshops where we've read each other's sentences, like read some of each other's like pages out loud, and it's interesting to hear somebody else read your work, and if they stumble, you know that that's a place you need to fix. So, or if you're reading yeah. your own, if you stumble, yeah. you know that it, you know reading out loud is just it's really kind of a crucial thing to do when you're writing. Oh, absolutely. Especially for dialogue. Really, you pick mm-hmm. up a lot of forced dialogue that way. Yeah, yeah, because you, you don't want to be giving speeches. I mean, most of us don't give speeches, when you know, and that's always a red flag when somebody has a whole paragraph that's supposedly one dialogue chunk, 
because yeah, if you're talking, you you need to have like that back and forth interaction. You know, at least break it up with the other person is you know looking at that person in a certain way as they're talking or there's action. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. When yeah. I first started writing, I, everything was like you know you were having high tea with the queen. It was so mm-hmm. so formal. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while I'll pull out an early story and I'll you know, and I'll be like, oh man, I'll just cringe. It's like really, I thought that was good, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, yeah, we do get better if we keep at it. That's the key. Is Absolutely. You have to keep at it. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, your mother um, hailed from Ireland, and so that is that how you you got interested in a lot of the Celtic stories and fantasies from that. So, um, and that was kind of your um, sort of your jumping off point, your inspiration, I guess I'd say, for Uncharted. Absolutely. Um, my mom didn't have much of a formal education. Um, I think went through the sixth grade. And mm-hmm. she would spend a lot of time in, on Galway Bay, and she just loved um, always listening to the stories. She moved here when she was about 20, and she would always share those stories with me. And um, she, even as an adult, my mother was the type of person who believed in leprechauns and fairies and uh, sea maidens and um, all sorts of things. And I remember, you know, when the kids were little and they loved Little Mermaid, saying to them like well if you ever see a real mermaid you better not get too close she'll rip your face off and drown you <laughs> oh wow so that's yeah that's here them for a little while <laughs> yeah so she, wow. the fishermen would tell her stories about they'd see the sea maidens and you know they'd, they'd drown the fishermen and all, all sorts of irish legends and stories and um one time we were walking on a beach in maine and we were, it was in the morning and the fog was, was swirling and twirling over like a very gray ocean. It looked almost like spirits rising from the sea. And my mother said to me, I remember one time it was a morning like this in Galway and the mist thinned and I um, saw an island and then it just disappeared. And I asked the fishermen what what it, if they had seen it and one of them said that's the legendary island of high brazil and i pronounce it wrong so you'll have to forgive me my irish friend mm-hmm. is always telling me how to pronounce it and i always forget and and um he said that's high brazil and it's only visible once every seven years so my mother told me that and i would said oh you know that that's interesting mom but i really didn't give it much thought because like i said she would tell me you know about how sometimes in the morning she saw fairies you know in the mist and things like that and um and she was a funny person my mom because she was very very strong very tough very spirited but she totally believed in all these myths and legends at the um same time so I didn't give it any thought until years later, and I was doing research on a middle grade story that was based on an Irish, um, lost Irish treasure that um, never saw the light of day. But as I was researching that, I came across references um, to High Brazil, and that really fascinated me because it was uh, actually on maps from 1325 to about 1865, 1870. And I even saw an exhibit at the Boston Public Library on um, 
on the old maps, which was so fascinating. And that really got me thinking, and that really inspired um, the story was the legend my mother told me, and actually a lot of things about my mom herself um, inspired the story. So, wow, that is interesting. So, is yeah. your mom still alive? So, she, has she read this? No, no, she died um, over ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. I wish she was. She would have loved the, She would have loved the book, and I wish I could ask yeah. her more questions about it now. Mm. And and well, obviously, I wish, I wish she was alive because, you know, I miss her every day. She was. She was an amazing, uh, very interesting, and inspiring person. So she also suffered mm. from mental illness. Um, and my main character, Annabeth, suffers from mental illness. Mm-hmm. So a lot of there's a lot of Anna, my mother and Annabeth as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Griffin is kind of an odd duck too. So there's a lot of weird tension between those two. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's hard like, when you're keeping, and that's how I was with with the book. You know, it, and a lot of it's all about you know secrets. There's so many secrets in the book, and some are very personal, mm-hmm. and some are life changing or world changing. But Griffin was really a hard character to write because I would try to imagine being him and trying to keep the secret really for everybody's safe sake. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. it's, it's, you know, you don't always get to behave the way you want to behave when you have so much on, on the line and so much yeah. you need to do to protect, you know, protect people. Right, yeah, because I think Annabeth, she didn't quite know that he was actually trying to protect her. She thought he was just a jerk. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, she remembered yeah. that he was a jerk when he was a kid, but, you know, he was a young kid then, you know. So he's, yeah. He's a little bit, you know, he's a little bit more grown. So so what yeah. are you working on now? Um, you say I you just uh, on... sold a book? No, I haven't sold it. Um, I oh, okay. I was I'm working on it. it was one, an interesting story with my agent. I had sent her a middle grade, and she had sent me back a lot of revision ideas, and I revised it and sent it back to her because she asked for uh, revise and resubmit. And then I told her um, when she was interested in that, I told her, she asked me what I was working on, and I told her about um, The Dead and the Cursed, which is a YA contemporary, um, a little bit of mystery, a little bit of magic, a lot like Uncharted Mm -hmm. that way, Um, a little bit of witches in there. And so I told her about that, and she asked to read it, and um, she she loved that. So um, I was was really excited about that. So that was certainly really exciting for me. So I'm – we've got the middle grade on hold. Um, She has some um, revision ideas because she wants me to finish this one first. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it's loosely based. I'm an attorney. I work with nonprofits, and it's um, mm-hmm. loosely based on some ideas I had, not based on, but um, some ideas I had when I was working um, for a museum that had a big medieval collection with a lot of armor and helmets and shields and, and that sort of thing. And um, it was a nonprofit, and we were we were representing them. And uh, one time, I had to go in the archives to look at old donor documents, and I was 
really excited to go into this basement. I thought it was going to be really cool and creepy. And it was like linoleum and metal file cabinets. It wasn't at all no. creepy. <laughs> a few spiders. That was about it. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, it was sad. Time I had seen like a supernatural um, episode that was took place in like a certain type of a museum and a, and kind of all the ideas merged together and um, so I, I got inspired to write about it, people who have a uh, family museum and um, you know, then bad things happen and, and there's uh, some witches involved so I'm hoping to finish it by October but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, kind of we were talking about Brenda Drake's librarian series and that sound, it reminds me a little bit of that like the weird things that happened in her um, her series. So it's yeah, oh, I love that series. People think, oh, you know, libraries just nothing. You know, they're boring, and it's like, no, you know, museums and libraries yeah. are exciting places. So oh, know, yeah. just a, a lot of stories. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's like it's there's oh. you know if the walls could talk. <laughs> yeah. So what is your um, you know, we're almost out of time, but I'd always like to ask my authors, what is your kind of your go-to writing advice? Because many of my listeners are YA and middle grade authors. So what kind of advice would you give a budding author out there? I usually, the advice I give, it's just the advice I take to, take to myself is um, first mm-hmm. I try to write every day, which is not easy but it really even if you can just block out a half an hour I get up really early now to write um, before work that that if you can um, while you're working on a book and I mean obviously you're never going to make every day but if it's your continuity and stay with those characters and then I find especially me if I write in the morning I think about it on my drive to work I think about it I, I brainstorm without realizing it I won't put on music or anything while I drive or while I take a walk because I find if I'm just like in my own thoughts, I often think of things that might relate to the book or give me an idea for something. And so that's my first advice. My second is to, um, you know, read very actively. So when you read, really pay attention to character arc um, and how something's described without cliches, that type of thing, um, because I think that will inspire your own writing. Three, get good critique partners. I would be lost without mine. Mine just told me in the middle of my book. It's it's amazing. I I mean, I thought the middle, I sent them 80 pages from the middle, like page 100 to 180, and they found so many mistakes with it that I, and I thought it was great. (laughs) And it was. Yeah, that's, I mean, my critique partners, we all rip each other's work to shreds because it's like, wait a minute. You said earlier, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's like, oh, yeah, I guess I did, you know, or, yeah. It, that's what we need. It's, we need people who aren't afraid to tell us where we've gone wrong. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and not, you know, you're, I think generally not really, you know, you know, your friends or someone who might worry about hurting your feelings, but someone you trust who's who's also a writer or, or a really good editorial type eye. Um, and make sure it's supportive, though, because I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've seen some people not be supportive, and that can just thing you don't want to write anymore. It just can crush you. So it has to be someone who's supportive but tough on you mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. And um, 
And lastly is I think that you really, um, the magic happens in the revisions, you know, get that, get it done, plow through it, you know, walk away for at least two weeks and then go back and look at it with fresh eyes. And that's when the magic I think really happens and the layers come into your story and you have more perspective and uh, don't be so hard on yourself. And um, it's hard writing for everyone. Every, when you read a published book, it never started like that. That's what I remind myself when I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. this is so beautiful. I could never write like this. It didn't start yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just finished reading Deb Coletti's newest book, and I thought, oh, I, I'm going to give up writing because, you know, she yeah. hit all the right notes, you know. But it's like she probably went through yeah. 10 drafts. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and an editor and an agent. And, and yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I started had more drafts than I could count. Yeah. I know we have to kill a lot of trees. <laughs> and then you can plant one, though. You can plant your book. Too. That's right. <laughs> well, I got into what I recite. Like if I print a draft out, then I turn the pages over and, you know, print another draft on top of those. So I'm not wasting. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not killing as many trees. So. Yeah. Well, Erin, I yeah. totally enjoyed talking to you. Um, and I wish you the best of luck on Uncharted because it is available now. It came out uh the thought came out like Labor Day weekend, I guess, um, September 4th. So. Yeah. yeah. So, it, you know, it is available now, and uh, it's got a gorgeous cover. And, um, oh. you know, Sarah Glenn Marsh did you a wonderful blurb, so I'm sure people will pick that up and go, ooh, this sounds really good. So. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a beautiful cover. I don't, They did a great yeah. job at Page Street. It's gorgeous. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah Pollard designed it, and um, she's amazingly talented. So I know every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you um, enjoy the rest of your day, and try to read a banned book this week, since it is banned book week. I, I absolutely will. Thank you so much. It was so lovely speaking with you, Lauren. Thank you so much yeah. for having me. I really appreciate oh, it. You're welcome. Yeah, it's pleasure's been mine too. So, all and right. Good yeah. luck. Good luck with your Alrighty. writing. Hang in there. Yeah, thank you. Alrighty. Bye-bye Bye bye now. Bye bye. Hi, you've been listening to Erin Cashman uh, talking about her latest book called Uncharted. And um, next, uh, I'm off next week, but in October we come back and we'll be talking with Naomi, Naomi Hughes, who was also a Page Street writer. Um, This has been a copyrighted podcast solely owned by the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. And until then, have a wonderful day and read a banned book.